We need to give everyone a heads up that is starting homeschooling. Your house is never going to be the same. No. It's going to be filled with love and Mm -hmm. noise and owl pellets Mm -hmm. (laughs) and books. Art. And overdue books. (laughs) (laughs) And science projects and (laughs) glitter. Lots of glitter. (laughs) Yes, but it's going to be awesome. It really is. It is. There is nothing else in the world like it. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it every single day, even on the hard days. Me too. Even on the, the just crappy days when all I want is to curl up in bed with a good book that night. I still am so glad that I get to wake up in the morning and do it again. Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kara. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited because today we have an opportunity to reflect back on the early years of homeschooling when we were just starting out because we got a great question from Betsy. And it says, I just discovered your podcast, Facebook page, blog, etc., And so far have really found your advice, ideas, thoughts, and information helpful. We are considering homeschooling our 10 year old beginning in the fall. He should be entering fifth grade this year, but we really believe that homeschooling is a better fit for him. I've done research for quite a while now, and I'm still feeling a bit lost, overwhelmed about getting the ball rolling. If you have any advice or tips for those like me who are completely new to homeschooling, I would welcome your ideas. Is there some sort of checklist to work from? Are there top 10 things to consider or do when getting started homeschooling? I'd also love to hear your best lessons learned or best practices that have worked for you. We don't plan to buy a curriculum. We plan to hack school and piece it together ourselves. Thanks so much for your advice and encouragement, Betsy. Oh, that's a great question. It is. And I remember... Perfect for the summer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember a lot of those feelings when I was just getting started. How about you? Me too. Because both Definitely. of us, we, we maybe weren't exactly planning on being homeschoolers, right? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> That's part of the tagline for your blog. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so it is overwhelming in the beginning. There's a lot to consider. Um, Jamie at Simple Homeschool I think has a wonderful resource for Absolutely. people who are just starting out. Um, and you can find it, I think, right at the top of her page, simplehomeschool.net. There's something that says, like, new to homeschooling. And if you click, click on it, it says links to get you started. And it has, like, a little printout thing um, that has lots of good advice there. But I relied very heavily on Jamie's site when I first started. Yes. Yeah. It is a wonderful resource. I think we're lucky to be in the information age in that we can go online and find anything, but then 
and I'm thankful for it, but I feel like you get so overwhelmed when you're first researching homeschooling because of all the different philosophies and the curriculum and, you know, so-and-so does it this way and so-and-so does it that way that it, I really, when I found Jamie's site, I've, it was like a breath of fresh air to be able to whittle it down to the basics. (laughs) Yes, because there's so much there to draw from, but it's presented in a way that isn't, um, it's not necessarily just one philosophy or, um, you know, it's sort of the whole idea is to encourage, um, you know, and, and, and we're just a little biased because we both contribute (laughs) there, but, um, you know, I, I think that also gives us the perspective of knowing where Jamie's coming from. Her whole mission is to just really encourage, um, people who are on the homeschooling path. So, um, both that, post and her site in general are Mm -hmm. a wonderful place to start. And that's actually where I got a lot of my information when I started homeschooling too. Um, so yeah, I would wake up every morning and have a cup of coffee and read anything new. Yes. At the beginning, I would read all the old stuff when I was researching and like scrambling to get all the information <laughs> when you first decide, because I really think the hardest thing when you start homeschooling is actually making the decision. If you've been in school is to actually say publicly, this is what we're doing. And then it's out there. I think that's the hardest. <laughs> yes. Because up to that mm-hmm. point, you're, you're all up in your head thinking about all the things I need to research this and that, and what do I need to buy and what should I be doing right now? So, yeah, yeah. Kind of once you make the decision, I, I think it does get easier in some ways because you've, you've made that, especially if your child is in school and has been in school for a while and then you're making that jump. So kind of once you say, yes, we're doing this, <laughs> it's just like any big decision, you know, the, the weight of, of that particular decision yes. lifts off your shoulders and then you can start focusing on the smaller details, which are still super important, of course, when you're and stressful in their own way. Yes. Yes. But just having that big thing and going, okay, we're doing this. And it sounds like that's where Betsy is. So mm-hmm. good for her because that, <laughs> that can be tough just getting there. It can. And I actually, I really admire that she's going to hack school initially. Cause that's something reflecting back. I wish I had done. Um, and we sort of ended up doing, uh, and I would recommend, we were talking earlier that she should look at that. There's a great video on hack schooling yes. that's making the rounds that we'll link to at the end. But um, I think people have a tendency at when you first start homeschooling to buy all the things. And I remember when I first decided I was going to homeschool and I found a few early homeschooler connections, they all said, don't buy all the things. But then you feel like you need to do something. So I bought all the things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it would be interesting to see what percentage of that, that you buy that first year, what do you end up using that year or long term. I feel like a lot of it you don't. And I feel like pretty universally people will tell you that, that their first year they spent too much and it wasn't a good fit what they chose. And so I think hack schooling is a great way to get your feet wet. Yeah. Yeah. And you always have to remember homeschooling is an industry, you know, and when you go to those, um, I don't know, have you ever been to one of those big homeschool conventions? I haven't yet. I haven't either. I I think they would be completely overwhelming. overwhelming. (laughs) 
I don't like shopping in places anyway, though. That's right. one of my quirks. So I feel like yeah. I would just be like, I want to leave. <laughs> yeah. So I've, I've never been to one of those, but basically the internet is one of those, you know, in, in its own way. So, um, there's going to be a lot of voices out there saying, you have to have this, you have to have this, you have to have this. And, um, it can be helpful to kind of have an idea of what appeals to you in terms of different philosophies, um, or different things that feel wrong, feel right, feel like would be a good match for your child, feel like would be a good match for you. That can be super helpful. What can be kind of hard is hearing about a philosophy and then it becomes, um, the boss, you know, that Mm -hmm. you feel like you have to stick with that particular philosophy. Um, we were, I was very intrigued by Waldorf education early on. I felt like it just, there were a lot of things that just really spoke to me with, um, early childhood education. And so I kind of went all in on Waldorf and then it took me a while to realize that you can draw from philosophies. You can, you can take the things that work for you and you don't have to do it anybody else's way. Um, and it took me almost setting my house on fire to figure that out. <laughs> that post <laughs> With the Robin hood around the open flame. Yes. Yeah. I, love that post. I, love yeah. <laughs> I had, I had read, you know, about somebody doing this where they had like this circle time where they had a candle in the middle of the floor and I had a three-year-old and a, or maybe a four-year-old, you know, and a one-year-old. And it's like, I had a lit candle on the middle of my floor because (laughs) I had seen this beautiful picture on the internet and, you know, beautiful posts about that. And, um, and so, you know, there's, there's going to be other people out there doing things. Um, and it's going to look really, really appealing. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're like me, you might feel a lot of pressure to do it that way because that's how Waldorf is done or that's how Charlotte Mason is done or that's how Mm -hmm. classical homeschooling is done or Montessori is done or whatever you read about. Um, But you don't have to go all in on a certain philosophy, especially if if you can, you know, if you start and you can tell it's not working. (laughs) You might need to shift gears. Yeah. I think a lot of us shift gears. Um, I did. <laughs> yeah. As we continue, you know, our, our kids change, we change, mm-hmm. our circumstances change. Um, most of the homeschoolers I know have in some, you know, have in some way evolved <laughs> um, mm-hmm. from one thing to something else or, um, yeah, or they've... Um, just sort of gotten rid of the labels altogether, which I think is kind of where we're at as a family, where when people Mm -hmm. ask me, I cannot put it together very well. (laughs) I can't either. (laughs) And there's also groups out there. um, They can be co-ops in your community. They can be online groups um, where they are very specifically defined. Mm -hmm. And so if you ask an innocent question or, (laughs) you know, you maybe share something that you're doing that does not fit with that philosophy, you can get some kind of nastiness. 
happened to me back in response. Yes. Yes. It's happened to me too. It's a terrible feeling too. It is. I don't know why we can't all be, I've said this before, but I feel like we're all homeschooling. We all ended up here for one reason or another. We're all here for our children that we know best. So why can't we just be supportive of someone else's style? Yes. It's not impacting your child. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, but people become very protective of that identity mm-hmm. as, you know, um, like in my instance, it was, you know, a Waldorf group where I asked a question and I got a really, really nasty response back. And I I just had no idea where that, like, level of animosity came from. Mm-hmm. But it's that for a lot of people, they are just completely wrapped up in... You know, I am a ex-homeschooler and I am doing it the right way and I am doing it according to, you know, whoever founded it or (laughs) created the philosophy or whatever. And so, um, you know, you're, you're, you can be viewed as doing it wrong if you don't buy into every single little bit of it. Exactly. Um, but then that puts a tremendous amount of pressure on you and your family to do it that way, (laughs) even if it's not working. Right. So, um, you know, anybody who's just starting out, I would just really, really say you, you do want to look for, I I know you've written a post about this. You have a great post on your site, my little poppies. Um, that's, so you've decided to homeschool (laughs) (laughs) and it's, it's fantastic. And one of the things you talk about is finding a tribe Yes. And that can, that can be kind of tricky though. It is tricky, especially I feel like if you don't have a philosophy that fits you perfectly to be able to sum it up because we're, um, I'm homeschooling three and they're all very unique. And I feel like a lot of, I were definitely eclectic, but I feel like that doesn't describe when you're meeting another homeschooler and you're doing that initial like first date, <laughs> yes. describe what you're doing. So we're unschool leaning or unschooly. Um, and again, I've been burned in unschool groups for saying that because we're also, my, my oldest is really academic, like his interests and he always has been. The other day he wrote an octopus book report for fun while I was on the phone with a friend and <laughs> showed it to me afterwards. Like I didn't make him do that. So I feel like that's unschooly because he was just interested in octopuses and books. But um, you can get burned if you, you know, you almost sometimes feel like you need a label when you're meeting, when you're trying to find your tribe, which makes it hard to find the tribe, if, that's, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and unschooling is also kind of interesting because people define it differently. Mm-hmm. There's certain things, like Montessori is based on the teachings of Maria Montessori. So... I think people kind of all have an agreement a little bit more on that than on unschooling, which is a little less defined. I mean, it's John Holt was the father of unschooling. So if you read his books, I think you get an idea of what John Holt considered unschooling. But, you know, people have kind of taken that and... um, some people say interest-led learning is the same mm-hmm. as homeschooling or is, is, is the same as unschooling. Some people say that they are different things. There are radical unschoolers mm-hmm. who really kind of go on one end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And then there's people who maybe um, do, I'm, I'm thinking that 
book. Oh gosh, we'll link to it in the show notes, but it's, it's funny because there's a chapter that says everybody unschools except for math. Um, <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Do you about. know which book it is? Yes. We'll link I'm to so it. I'm so bad with book titles I, for yeah, someone I am who reads too. so much. I think it's it might, problem. is it just like the unschooling handbook maybe? It might be. Anyway, we'll, we'll make sure that we clarify that in the show <laughs> notes, but um, there's a chapter in there, you know, everybody unschools except for math um, because... <laughs> I think math is an area where we're all freaked out about it. <laughs> right. Right. Where parents are freaked out about it. And mm, there's not a huge population of kids out there necessarily who have a passion for math, who are going to pursue that on their own. So, um, yeah, uns- unschooling can be a little tricky. Um, and I think hack kind of <laughs> falls under the unschooling umbrella a little bit. I don't know. Um, outside of that video, I don't know a lot about a firm definition for hack schooling, um, but I sure do like that video. I, uh, do I, really I mean, inspiring. yes, yes. That, that kid that comes out and talks. I mean, I think that's what a lot of us really, really are shooting for is somebody yes. who, you know, a child who is just in love with pursuing their passions and loves to learn. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's great. Yeah. So if Betsy hasn't seen that, uh, that would be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And again, we'll, we'll link to that guy too. Um, no, but you had asked about finding a tribe and I do think oh, yeah. it's difficult initially and you can't give up. So if your first fit isn't good, or if you're having trouble finding someone in your area, I know initially I relied very heavily. I'm in this interesting phase now where I have all these friends, um, like you that I haven't met in person, um, that I've connected with online. So I feel like if you're not finding someone in your town, don't give up hope and look on the internet and find that until, you know, you know, to use consistently, but also eventually you will find people in your area. Yes. Yeah. Um, and even, you know, y- you might have to sort of learn the hard way that a group isn't for you, unfortunately. Um, I've definitely been there. We've gone to, um, you know, different homeschool groups or co-ops or whatever that just ended up not feeling right for us. Um, and I think there's a lot of pressure. Uh, you know, everybody, what what do we hear so often about homeschooling, right? How are your kids going to socialize? Right. And so, you know, we feel this pressure to make sure that our kids have a group or at least some way that they're getting out in the community and they're meeting other homeschoolers or other kids. And so um, I, I would really, really encourage new homeschoolers, though, to not settle in a place that doesn't feel right, um, you know, to not stay part of a group that doesn't feel right. There are worse things than not having a group. And right. I would say that being in the wrong group kind of is worse because when you're homeschooling, it is so important to surround yourself with positive people who are supportive of what you're doing because you might get some, you know, your family, extended family might not be a hundred percent into the idea. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you might have friends or, you know, people when you get together with your family at Thanksgiving, you might have that cousin that just decides that's the time to pick a fight, you know? (laughs) Um, there's plenty of people out there that are going to tell you, you can't do it. It's too hard. They're going to make you question yourself. So 
if you can, <laughs> if you find a group where you're still getting questions, you know, oh, that's not how you should be unschooling or, oh, you know, we're this kind of group and I can't believe you do X, Y, or Z. I, I honestly think that's worse than not having a group at all. And there's, there's a ton of places out there where you can go and you can find people who are going to be kind to you and supportive. So don't waste your time with people who are going to make you feel bad. It doesn't all need to be the first year. So grant yourself some space if this is your first year, because we had trouble finding kids that were similar to my son when we, when I was just homeschooling him, um, I had trouble in the area. I tried a bunch of different meetups and it just didn't work. So after a year, I created a group and it's very small and it's growing slowly. Um, And it's not a co-op. It's just an online Facebook group for our area or surround. I mean, there's a a big umbrella there. So some people are a far drive, but we try to meet up semi-regularly. and it's been hard because I'm an introvert, so I don't necessarily want to re- lead everything, but it's it's evolved into this nice group of friends that meet up, you know, when they're available and it's very relaxed and low key and you don't feel like you have to meet up every Thursday, you know, to go here and you don't have to do this, but you do have a group of friends that your kids can relate to. And you can always do that should you want to, if you don't find it. Yes. A year of not having a bosom buddy isn't going (laughs) to... They'll be okay. Yes, you're right that it doesn't necessarily have to all happen within the first year. And I know another thing we wanted to talk about a little bit is if your child is in school considering de-schooling for a little bit. Um, Absolutely. Which is a term that sounds... (laughs) Like it's made up by a bunch of us hippie homeschoolers, right? <laughs> it really does. But I think it's so important. Um, I can I, I can see both sides of it. When, when I first started homeschooling, it was unexpected. And um, it had been a pretty toxic situation. It was toxic. I knew it at the time, but now even more so in retrospect, looking back and comparing him now to how he was, you know, how he was before he went to public school, how he was after we withdrew him. He's a different kid. And it was really important for us. I remember reading about de-schooling. It was important for us to de-school. And, um, but as a parent, if you've had a kid in school who, for whatever reason, wasn't doing well, um, either emotionally or academically, you feel almost like you need to catch up. So I can see why a lot of parents pull and then immediately want to, you know, work on the math or work on the reading. But it takes some time if you were in one of those situations that was a really poor fit for your kid to come around and love learning again. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And to to jump right back into school in any way with a kid who's hurting, with a kid who's maybe not feeling great about themselves, like maybe, you know, they, they weren't excelling academically. And so they, their self-esteem, self-esteem started to suffer a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like what we talked about in the worry episode, where when you're dealing with worry, you can't learn math. No. And so when you're feeling beat down and um, 
or, you know, stressed or anything, it's going to be really, really hard to jump right into homeschooling and immediately love it. And I think that anytime you're homeschooling, even if you're starting out with little teeny tiny people and they've never been to school, um, no matter what your situation, there's going to be these like natural ups and downs. There's going to be a learning curve of figuring out what works and what doesn't. And so you want to start that learning curve under the best possible circumstances if you can. So if that means waiting a week or a month or even a little more Mm -hmm. to get to that point where you can start with a kid who is feeling good again, I think that's, that's really, really important. It is. And it's hard to remember in the moment, especially if you're unexpected, because um, in our case, I pulled from a really good school district. So there was a lot of questions of people. Why would you like, what are you doing? And you feel this um, need to prove that prove to others that you're making the right choice. Mm -hmm which you need to get rid of that whole comparison, what other people are thinking and just focus on your child who you know best and you have always known best. And that can get lost when you are in a public education system and people are telling you or advising you against pulling out things like that. Don't let them get into your head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and another thing to consider is the laws where you are too. Absolutely. That can have a big impact on, you know, what you have to do when you take your child out of school. Um, Some states are far more strict than other states. And again, kind of no matter when you start homeschooling, if you're starting with little kids or if you're taking your child out of school and starting, I think something that's really, really important is just to find out what the laws are, what's technically required of you in your Mm -hmm. state. Um, it might be less than you think. <laughs> um, right. You know, a, a lot of us are are really intimidated by, um, you know, what we're going to be required to do. And it, it might actually, you know, not be. Um, I know people in our area have taken their kids out of school in kindergarten um, or even first grade realizing that it's not a good fit. And they, you know, go into this panic of, okay, I've got to Monday, you know, I'm going to take them out on Friday and on Monday, we've got to start homeschooling because they can't miss a day of school. And it turns out in, in my state, you actually don't even have to begin homeschooling until a child's seven. So Mm -hmm. here, you know, they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves to jump right in. Um, States have different requirements in terms of how many days you have to go to school, uh, whether or not you have to report it to the school district whether or not kids have to do testing, whether or mm-hmm. not um, there's some sort of like portfolio review situation or, or whatever. So um, I went to the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, HSLDA website, when I was first homeschooling to figure out what was required. That's a really good first stop. Yeah, where I was. And... It was really surprising to me, honestly. Um, (laughs) I live in Illinois, which is one of the states that has the least amount of regulation for homeschooling. Um, So it's a little bit easier here in some ways. In other ways, it's a little bit harder because it's so open. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm in New um, Hampshire and we're the same. We're the live free or die yeah. state. <laughs> Nobody's <laughs> coming. You write a letter one time. Nobody comes looking for anything. Yeah. But, um, in, in our state, you can do either a standardized test or a portfolio review and you keep it on file. So you don't need to give it to anybody. And I actually do portfolio reviews locally here. And I can say that one thing that has been helpful is for parents to know what know what they need in their portfolio to, you know, it might be worthwhile if that's your situation to find an evaluator early on and just find out what are they looking for so that then during the year, I just make piles and, you know, I have these grand plans of making, you know, some beautiful portfolio, but I, throughout the year, I just make a pile and I know, you know, at the end of the year, I'll just put them all together by subject and my neighbor, does ours, but it's not a stress where I'm scrambling in June. Yeah. So it's helpful going into it to know what's expected at the end of the year. Well, and there might be a lot of things that you don't have to do. I was under the impression for a long time that I had to keep track of certain things. So it was this constant stressor in the back of my mind. Um, oh, I'm behind on this. I'm behind on this. I've got to make sure I'm keeping track of whatever. So to just know what is actually required and then not to, f to make yourself work too hard because that's another mm -hmm. issue that can happen when you first start getting homeschooling. Either you're super, super excited and you just can't wait and your child is two and you want to <laughs> get going, you know? Um, and, and that's, and that's commendable, honestly. I mean, and I, I was definitely like that where I just, I was so excited about getting home, you know, started homeschooling. Um, but what happened in my case, it's a, it's a little bit different than what happened with you. We started when my son was three thinking about homeschooling and, um, he was going to a cute little church preschool and it was really wonderful, but, um, it was hard for him because he, <laughs> I love your post about standing on the, is it standing yeah. on the line or sitting yes. on the line? That's sitting one of on my the favorite. Line. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, and we can link to that. So I don't have to tell the whole big long story, but I mean, basically what happened was he was an early reader. So he got kind of bored in preschool and as often happens with little boys who get bored, he would get in trouble. And so, um, we ended up kind of unexpectedly homeschooling, but I got so into it that we started when he was four and I literally burned out in the first semester completely. <laughs> and then I sent him back to school <laughs> <laughs> to a different preschool. And we tried that for a little while. And it took me that time to get my feet back under me and realize, you know what, I really, I do want to homeschool. I want to make it work, but I've got to stop being so crazy because, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it was just too much too soon with kids who were too little. Um, you know, and, and so, um, I guess if I had like a tip or, you know, advice or, <laughs> um, what she's looking for, it would just be to don't try to do it all right that first year even, um, maybe get a notebook or something. And when you come across an idea that sounds really great, write it down. Ooh, that's a good idea. And then like I have actually in my bullet journal, um, I have a page for 
I call it like big picture homeschool planning type things. And, and I just write down when I see one of those awesome ideas on the internet, so you know, many good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> when I read a post from, um, somebody who I admire, when I see a really cool game or book or whatever, you know, I, I write it down there and I think like, we don't have to do that today, you know, but right. it took me a little while to get to that point. <laughs> I love that idea. I'm actually writing it down right now. <laughs> for thought. Yeah. Um, because right now, you know, I'm, I'm starting to plan for this coming school year and I want to do it all because all mm-hmm. of it sounds awesome. And there are so many inspiring people out there and you read what they're doing and you're like, yes, I want to do that. That's what we're going to do until the next day when you read the next post. And yes. It's like, <laughs> yes, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> do you know what too? Like, I feel like. I'm one of those people that I just always loved. I love to learn. So I always loved back to school time yeah. and I love back to school shopping and I love a fresh notebook and the smell of fresh paper. And I just, I get sucked into like when the buses are rolling and Staples is having their sales, I'm like, Oh, colored pencils. <laughs> and I go out and I buy all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, you get, it happens even, it's hard to get, the public school. I remember last year I had a really stressful September and I just kept putting all this pressure on myself to do homeschooling. And it was one day in the shower. I just, it just out of the blue occurred to me that I didn't have to start in September. Nobody was breathing down my back saying school starts now. It was just because my neighbors were going. So it's hard to shake that, that feeling of what you should be doing. So I know initially our homeschooling looked more like school than it does now three years in. Yeah. But it takes a while. It's an evolution. Wow. It's been three years already that you guys have been homeschooling. I think, I think we're, yeah, we're starting on our third. Wow. Mm-hmm. May. Oh my so was, goodness. Just started our third. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it's so much different now than it was. And it hasn't even been that long. So I'm always thinking, you know, what's it going to be like five years from now? Or- right. homeschooling is this fluid thing that's going to change and there's going to be days that are going to be really, really wonderful and you're going to feel on top of the world and that you've got it and it's all figured out. And then it could be as soon as the next day that you're thinking about sending them back to school because you think you're failing them and the doubt is creeping in. And I feel like that's a normal continuum and there's going to be certain times in the year. I know I've discovered patterns and I know other people feel it too. Come February, I've just checked out. Like I just hate February. And then again, spring comes and we always feel good again. So it's just this kind of ebb and flow throughout the year. And I think that happens. I mean, I worked in public schools. It happens in public schools too. It might be a different ebb and flow and come June, you're ready to check out, but it's, it, it's going to happen anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. November and February. Yes. It took me a while Um, before I first saw that. And now I see it everywhere, November and February slumps. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it's exactly what you're talking about is in September, we all can't help it. We're excited, you know, we're excited about the 19 cent notebooks and we're excited about all the books we've collected and all the the field trips you can do with nobody else there. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And you're posting the not back to school. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. And so you just feel like you're like, uh, 
you know, it's like a, the start of a race or something. You're like, oh, you're going, 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 going. And then November is like a brick wall of just mm -hmm. gray sadness that makes you feel like you're failing all yes. over. And, yes. um, and there's sick days and crummy yeah. weather days and, mm -hmm. and days that nobody wants to do anything. And that's, that's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it's not just your kid. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it's not just, it's not just you. You're not failing. Oh my gosh. Um, and that's, that's where it helps so much to have, even if it's just one person you can talk to or one site you can go to or one Facebook page or Instagram account or whatever, if there's just one place you can go where somebody else is going to tell you, you know, Yes. That's that's completely normal. It's completely normal to have days where you know, you're overwhelmed by the mess in your kitchen and you don't want to homeschool. It's normal to have days where your kids wake up and they're just kind of crabby and all they want to do is play with Legos all day and you feel like you can't make a career out of playing with Legos all right. day. And <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to be doing math. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you understand that <laughs> I've put all this pressure on myself and if your life turns out terribly, it's my fault. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah, just, I think, you know, remembering that there's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days. It's not a reflection on you or what you're doing. Um, money does not fix it. Unless you go out and buy ice cream on those days. Um, <laughs> because yeah, don't buy another book. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you have the math curriculum and it's, you know, not working and, and you're just frustrated and everything else, do not go out and buy like the $400 math set with all the manipulatives and, you know, everything and think that that's going to solve everything. Um, you might need to switch your math curriculum mm -hmm. if it's not working. And it's okay, and that might be exactly the step you need to take. But I mean, don't don't get into a pattern of feeling like every time something stops working, you have to spend money to fix it, or mm -mm. else you know you'll not only be unhappy about homeschooling, but then you'll be broke too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so true. <laughs> On our bad days, we do one of four things. Either I read because I know reading loud, no matter what it is, is like the single best thing I can do. And I can cover any subject. And as long as I have an audience and they're snuggling, they're getting something. Or we play. I love games. And there's a lot of knowledge in games and cooperation and social skills and all that good stuff. And it can change the mood of a day. Um, or we go outside. Um, and I was going to say something else, but I can't remember what the fourth thing was. Is it that you dance in the kitchen? Oh, we dance in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> and that's totally gym class, right? <laughs> that is. That's PE right there. Yeah, we dance in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? But I just feel like you need, you I, initially, I would fight it because I felt like yeah. we weren't, I was always thinking in my head, have we done enough? And I think if you, especially if you've been in school, you're, 
you're used to a school day and a homeschool day is very different and you learn more in less time and it's just the nature of the game, but you feel like you should be doing more initially. So I, if we had a day that was bad, I would initially butt heads with my son trying everything I could to get him to do his math or practice his piano or whatever. And I've just learned to throw in the towel and do something else that's fun and you're still learning. And I think that's something you need to trust yourself and trust your child. And it's, it's easier to do, I think, depending on personality too, but it took me a while to relax into that. And even still, if my life gets stressful, you know, other stuff, other obligations, I find myself falling back into, we need to be doing these things. (laughs) And then I need to remind myself, just relax. Yeah. Play a game. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And taking one day where you just let things kind of blow up or whatever, or, um, I've been known to take a day to reset things a full stop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm being um, such a spark, but that's one of my favorites. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, you know, I, when the kitchen's a disaster and we need groceries and we need, you know, dog food or whatever. And it's like, you know what, today is just going to be a day. And we put in an audiobook in the car and I just figure nobody is going to learn anything if we're all stressed out and we're all arguing anyway. So even if we sat down and we sat around the table and I yelled and they cried, it's not going to, they're not going to learn from that. So at least like you said, with, um, with reading a good book together or listening to an audio book, at least (laughs) maybe something's getting in that day. Um, I mean, there really are, and this is where my unschooly side shows, you know, (laughs) kids really are learning all the time, all the time. And so sometimes we just need to get out of their way a little bit and stop trying to push, um, what we want them to learn. Mm -hmm. There's, um, a great, a former contributor to simple homeschool because all of her kids graduated, um, Gina, she has a post, we'll have to find it on there where she talks about that, that kids are learning every single day, every single minute, but we might not be able to control what they're learning. You know, what they might be learning that day is a video game (laughs) or, you know, what they might be learning that day is gross science facts from their gross science book that they adore or whatever. Um, And that's okay. Yeah, it is. It really is okay. And, you know, to look at it as what a child is learning um, over the span of a week or a month or a year as opposed to an individual day or, you know, an individual morning that's just going horribly. It's, it's like with feeding your kids. I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I yeah. had a kid and they, that's what one of the, my friends who, um, I, my oldest was failure to thrive for the first almost three years of his life. And I would tear my hair out stressing about what he would eat. And I had a really good friend who had come out the other side and she kind of coached me through it. And she said, you can't not be thinking about what he ate today or what he ate for breakfast. Just think in a week, he's eating something. He, mm-hmm. he may have only had watermelon all day today, but he ate something this week and it will get better. And that yeah. helped me. Yeah. It's very much like that. Yeah. And it takes a little while to get to the point where 
you can get confident with that. And we were talking earlier about how, like, how life changing would it be if we could just feel super confident about homeschooling (laughs) or even a part of homeschooling? Because there's days when, you know, you go to the library and you fill up on this big bag of books and you come home and you just had a post about that, about the quiet after uh, library stillness yes yeah those are my best day that's another and thing to do is just if we're if I bring my kids to the library no matter how crabby they are so last week we were at uh, on vacation at my in-laws they were with their grandparents and they had an epic hangover from fun this week and they were just wretched to be around <laughs> because they were so tired and they had had such a good time. And it just occurred to me one afternoon, like I should take them to the library because it's guaranteed silence and they're learning. So we did, we went to the library, we maxed out our card and we came home and they call it a book palooza. They're so funny. And they just, you know, they read and they were happy mm-hmm. and that's learning. And I didn't have to do anything other than drive them to the library. Yeah. Yeah, and if you can get yourself a little coffee or tea on the way to the library on a Absolutely. day like that, <laughs> that's where it's at. That is the sweet spot of homeschooling. <laughs> it is. <laughs> when you can get a mama deep breath and oh my gosh. take your kids and like let them load up on books and come back and read whatever they want. And it might not be high quality literature, but you know what? It's it's okay. It it really, really is. I promise. I've got a 12 year old and he reads all kinds of things. And some of that is, you know, graphic novels. And some of it is he went through a Captain Underpants phase. And I we have some sort of ninja goldfish or Dracula goldfish thing right now. (laughs) I was definitely like there was a time again when I was, you know, first learning about homeschooling and I read all the Waldorf stuff and I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't ever let my kid read Captain Underpants. Well, the thing is, he likes or liked, I don't know if he's still super into it, but he went through a phase where he really liked those books and he loves reading now. He just loves reading. So it works out okay. And that's what you want. You want them to love reading. And you had a great post on reading and the development, which I really, really appreciated because I think every kid's development of reading is different and we all just want them to love it whether it comes easily or more difficult and no matter what they read you just want them to love reading yeah and and I had I had the kid who read at three and then I had the kid that read a little later and both of them love reading and both of them have read some Some things that maybe you don't like display artfully on the table on Instagram, you know, if you're like a serious diehard, really awesome homeschooler, you know, but yeah, again, getting back to that. But we read fluff too. I read some fantastic stuff and then I read some garbage and that's part of your reading life. And, you know, sometimes you read something heavy and you need to follow it up with some junk. You do. Okay. Yeah, it's, and again, it's just like with food, right? I mean, it's okay to have cake. Just don't eat only cake every day for the rest of your life because then you're not going to feel so good, so. (laughs) (laughs) So... As far as other uh, resources for getting started, um, Jamie from Simple Homeschool has a great Pinterest board um, that I think is just called 
getting started with homeschooling. There's lots of posts on there. Um, We both were talking about the um, post on Alicia Hutchinson's blog, um, Investing Love. She has one, four things every um, new homeschooler needs to know. And I think what a lot of these things that we're referring people to have in common is um, that they are all going to tell you, don't worry, it's going to be okay. You've got this. Yeah, you don't have to have it all figured out the minute you start doing it. Um, and the one of the amazing benefits of homeschooling that I would have never, you know, really understood back when we first started and I was losing my mind <laughs> um, <laughs> is that it allows you to put relationships first. So true. And use that. <laughs> um, like that's, that's one of my biggest pieces of advice is to use that. Just put the relationships first. The math will come. The reading will come. Whatever it is that you're worried about, if you are that worried about it, if you're up at night and you're losing sleep over it, it it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. Because mm-hmm. you are going to make sure that your child has whatever he or she needs for it to you be okay. You care about it more you know? than anybody else out there. Yeah, you're invested. And if as long as, you know, <laughs> as long as you're invested, it, it... And I know there's a lot of parents out there who have kids that are homeschooling because... Um, the system has failed their kids with regard to needs and special education. And uh, I hear from these parents a lot because I do have a kid who's twice exceptional. And um, Shauna writes a lot and actually has a great book out right now on homeschooling a child with special needs. But there is a lot of worry when you're entering into a situation like that where you you feel like you're not the professional. Um, maybe your kid was on an uh, IP and getting OT and you know whatever else, whatever it is, and you can still do it. You know your kid better than anybody, and you can make it work. And you don't need to know everything at first. So I didn't know anything about sensory. I mean, I knew a little bit, but I didn't know anything about teaching a child with sensory processing disorder before I started down this path. And now I do. You just figure it out. You know, you figure out what works for your child. Um, You're just going to learn. It's like trial by fire, but in the best sort of way. And you learn together. And I think I think knowing that you don't need to know everything, you just know need to know resources and where to go for information is hugely important. Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to do it all on your own. If no. you are super freaked out about teaching math because you hated math and not only do you not want to have to learn it again, mm-hmm. but you also don't want to pass that dislike of math onto your child, you can find a tutor, um, outsource, you know, there's, um, the, the great thing about the rise in homeschooling is there, there are like so many resources now and classes out there. There's a lot out there. All right. So all of the 
posts we talked about and resources are going to be on our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com. Um, we've talked a little bit about John Holt. We can list some John Holt books for those who are drawn to unschooling. Um, are there any other good homeschool books that you read for inspiration that just kind of... I love Sarah McKenzie's book. I teaching, love Sarah McKenzie's book. Um, from Rest. It's, it's fantastic and helps you find that middle ground between panic mm-hmm. and, okay, I'm not going to do anything because <laughs> I'm, I'm caught in that direction, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, whenever I'm feeling stressed out, I love her book. I love anything by John Holt because I think he just brings it back whether or not you're an unschooler. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started reading Holt, I actually, actually, I wasn't even homeschooling yet. I was, I read him when I was just an educator. I just think he has really great philosophy about how children learn and how they fail. And he even has books by similar titles to that, but he has a whole line of books that I'd recommend whenever I I read him almost every winter when I start to feel like what's going on. And it just reminds me that we're doing okay. Even if we feel like it's going crummy. Um, I also love, um, the read aloud handbook just to remind myself that reading aloud is like, you know, if you can't pull off math and you can't pull off science and everyone's sick, you can curl up and read a book and everything's going to be okay. Um, and I love creative homeschooling and project-based homeschooling. Um, and simplicity parenting, which we talk about <laughs> every single episode. <laughs> We're and super fans. For God, yes. we talk about in every single yes. episode. But that's another one that brings me back to, you know, just finding a, a place where we don't have to know everything right now. Let's let's just be where we are today. Let's just be happy that we're together. You know, let's just kind of be grateful for um, the messiness of this moment. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Because homeschooling is messy. That's the other thing. We need to give everyone a heads up that is starting homeschooling. Your house is never going to be the same. No. It's going to be filled with love and Mm -hmm. noise and owl pellets Mm -hmm. (laughs) and books. Art. And overdue books. (laughs) (laughs) And science projects and <laughs> glitter. <laughs> Lots of glitter. <laughs> yes. But it's going to be awesome. It really is. It is. There is nothing else in the world like it. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it every single day, even on the hard days. Me too. Even on the, the just crappy days when all I want is to curl up in bed with a good book that night. I still am so glad that I get to wake up in the morning and do it again. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. So you got it. You got this, sister. You got this. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for the wonderful question that got us talking about it and reminiscing a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. I'd love for Betsy to check back with us later and just let us know how it's going. Yes. I'd love to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about earlier. Um, we want to start something new with our podcast. We're 
five whole episodes in now. (laughs) (laughs) And we want to start something new to wrap up a little bit. And it's based on something that one of my very best friends told me a long time ago. And um, she said, you know, you have to have something that you know is just going to make you happy. And it can be all kinds of different things at different times in your life. Um, And it can be that really amazing latte from the little coffee shop, or it can be a book or it can be a hobby or whatever. But if you know something's going to make you happy, it just, it helps you get through the hard days. And so I wanted to ask you, (laughs) yeah, it's, it's helped me more times than I can even count. And I think it would be fun to share something. So I wanted to ask you, Kate, what, what is something right now that's just bringing you joy? All right. Well, I love summer. I just love summer. And we go to a pool where there's a lot of great families that my kids just love and have connected with. And I love watching my kids swim and have a blast. And they're their happiest in water. And I'm my happiest when I'm reading by water. <laughs> and I've been able to do that this summer. Um So just earlier this morning, I was watching my youngest two play together, and then I was reading, um, I'm kind of addicted to these Denise Gaskin books, which are, she has her first book is Let's Play Math, and then I ended up getting two other ones because the Let's Play Math was so good, but her, she is a math teacher and homeschooler, and her whole philosophy is that you should teach Um, And I'm really whittling it down now, so it's so much more than this, but you should teach the concepts for math and then all the stuff we worry about, the multiplication, the long division, play, just play it out in elementary school. So she gives you tons of games and ideas and resources, and it's just a really, I call it my poolside professional development, and it's just, (laughs) it's really inspiring to read, and I'm someone that loves games anyway, and um, I just, and I worry about math. I'm someone who was kind of burned by math and I want my kids to love it. And I just feel really inspired by her book this summer. Perfect. What about you? Perfect. Um, see, I like yours because yours is like homeschooly and it totally fits with the tone of our podcast. And now <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that is but that's just luck. Not <laughs> It could have been Kenny Chesney concert. If you ask me in a couple weeks, he'll be like, I went to Kenny. (laughs) Okay. I promise you. (laughs) I'm glad you said that because mine is a a TV show. And um, if anybody listening reads my blog at all, you will know that I have terrible taste in television. Like I just... I, I, ver- I watch very little television, but when I do, I, I usually watch shows on Netflix and I watch like all of them and I get super sucked into them. And I went through a Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> phase last year where I was like all about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which is a show that's so old now. Um, and so my recent one that I've just discovered is called Haven. It's on Netflix. It's based on... I had never on... heard of it, <laughs> heard of it either. <laughs> And and it's it's hilarious because now I'm like its biggest fan, even though I don't even think it's on anymore. Because um, I, I don't do any research on these. I just, you know. Um, and so it's called Haven. It's like an FBI agent goes to this little town. Um, did I say it's based on a Stephen King book? No. Um, and I love, I love Stephen King, but I don't love like 
the horror genre. So <laughs> I loved yeah. like Under the Dome, that book. And then I watched some of the show and then I gave up on the show really quickly because I'm not good at TV unless it's on Netflix and I can watch 100 episodes. <laughs> um, so I don't know how many episodes there are of exactly. Haven, but it is total stress relief for me. It's totally checking out because it has absolutely nothing to do with any of the sad things that <laughs> might be going on oh, or, right. you know, any of the... Um, things in the news that strike my little sensitive heart or whatever. Yes. It's like completely ridiculous. It's like, I love you know, yeah. So, so that's, what's making me happy right now. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So this has been good. And, this has been good. I love um, this question. I bet that there are going to be a lot of people listening that probably have some really good advice too. So I hope they'll come over and in the show notes, maybe add in their thoughts too. I would love that. Cause you know, you and I, we both have, we're super lucky. We have these communities, you know, that we've met through homeschooling and blogging and they are filled with like the smartest, coolest people. So we have the best readers. We really do. We really so do. lucky. And I know a lot of them are going to have good ideas to share. So I hope everyone will come over to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and look for this episode show notes. This is episode five. And add in your thoughts, too, because um, it will help Betsy, and it will hopefully help lots of other people out there just getting started. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun chatting with you today, Kate. It's been great talking with you, Kara. All right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next. So head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com and click on ask us a question. We share posts over there too. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this sister. Thank you.